Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. There is a better way to practice architecture. When you build a thriving business, you will then have the time and the financial resources to do your best work, to design the architecture that you want to design. We've built a powerful program of resources, training, and community for you, the small firm architect. We'll show you how to build a better business so you can be a better architect. Entree Architect Academy. To learn more, visit the homepage at entrearchitect.com. You're listening to Entree Architect Podcast, and this is episode 178. Welcome back to the Entree Architect Podcast. My name is Mark Arlapage, and this is the podcast dedicated to a successful life as a small firm architect. Whether you have plans to someday start your own firm, whether you're in the process of launching a startup, or you might be an experienced small firm architect just trying to make a difference, this podcast is for you. My goal is to inspire you to build a better business so that you may pursue your purpose with passion and live the life of your dreams. I am loving this series, The Entrepreneur Architect, where I interview you. You are the members of Entree Architect community from every corner of the universe. Small firm entrepreneur architects coming to share your story here at Entree Architect Podcast. It is a great opportunity for you. It's a great opportunity for all of the community to hear the many, many stories that so many entrepreneur architects have. We all have a story and we're all here to share our knowledge. So this week, I have another entrepreneur architect. This week, Nathan Bueller. 
Entrepreneur Architect. This episode of Entree Architect Podcast is supported by our platform sponsors, FreshBooks, BQE Software, and RCAT. And I'm going to share a little bit more about these great companies later in the show. But before we get started here, take a quick note to schedule some time later this week to visit each one of them. Go check them out and let them know that you appreciate them supporting us, the Entree Architect community. Nathan Bueller, welcome to Entree Architect Podcast. Hey, y'all. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. It's great, great having you here. Uh, we've connected a bunch of times on social media, so it's great to to have you here in the podcast chair to uh, to hear your story. Uh, yeah, thanks so much. Nathan's an architect and an, and the owner of BLD. It's BLDG, right? Not building. BLDG Workshop, yep. like the short form of building. Yeah. Great. So it's BLDG Workshop in Toronto, Canada, and growing up in a tiny logging community in northern British Columbia and living overseas in South America, there were touch points that laid the foundation for a a later in life entry into architecture for Nathan. Earlier experiences in work all had been primarily people and or ministry driven, but creative endeavors continued to draw interest toward architecture. At that point, the design became the main, at the, at the point that the design became the main focus of work life, themes relating to connection, authenticity, and people continued to be entire, entirely integral to the work. So Nathan, that's a little brief summary, a little, tidbit of who you are and where you came from. I'd love for you to dive into your origin story, go back to where you discovered architecture, what inspired you to to take this path and, and share that story from, from that point to where you find yourself today. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, I grew up in this like tiny town, like um, where, where people in like real logging communities, like two hours away, like I've never heard of it. It's called Houston. People are like all the way from Texas. Uh, <laughs> and in fact, it's, it's Northern BC. Um, yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's the, the, the smallest town around and there's, um, it's, it was just a, a different kind of experience than, than the one I find myself now living in like, um, in Toronto. Um, but it kind of still feels like every time somebody's like, um, you know, talking about like, you know, lumberjack aesthetic or whatever, I'm like, no, that's what I grew up with. It's actually really cool. Like we go hunting, we go fishing, you know, it was just, it was, it was, it was small town growing up and then, uh. Yeah, as I've kind of continued on in life, it's always kind of felt, um, even though I've not been there for years, it, it just feels foundational to to who I was as a person. But yeah, so I went from there. I went and did like like theology, like Bible school training um, in Vancouver for a number of years, and uh, did a bunch of like church ministry and just like working with people and psychology and all, not psychology, but like counseling and a bunch of stuff like that uh, for a bunch of years. Um, kind which of is, leading me down to great team. preparation for architecture. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. My wife now is yeah. a, is a she, she's got her master's of counseling psychology. And I'm like, no, man, I do way more <laughs> marriage counseling than you ever do. No doubt. Um, and I tell clients that all the time too. But yeah, so I, I spent a bunch of years living in South America, and um, and again, it was all like really super people driven, and um, and sometimes I kind of feel like ah, oh, like I'm around people all the time, and I kind of feel like lonely and burnt out um, in, in the midst of all these people that I love. And it just kind of felt like this isn't this isn't like all of what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, so so I kind of I don't know if I specifically set out to leave that behind, but I, I kind of kept looking for for what was exactly right in my life. 
And then, uh, so for, you know, a number of years was kind of searching around for that. And then, um, I was like, well, what about like creative stuff? I kind of felt it always kind of like trying to get out of me. Um, and then, uh, at one point heard that there was this guy that like built this house, like on top of a waterfall. I'm like, what? <laughs> and, and that was kind of it for me. It was, it was into school and, and, uh, and moving forward with architecture ever, ever since that point. How old were you when, when that happened, when that, that flip happened? I was pushing 30. Um, so it was, yeah, I got to school. I was, I think I started when I was 29, but yeah, I had my birthday right after that. So I'm like, I'm 30 years old and all these kids are straight out of high school and they already know how to draw and they already know how to use AutoCAD. And I kind of felt like a, a bit of fish, a bit of a fish out of water. But yeah, like you say, like, uh, past experiences in life helped me to, uh, to, uh, to move forward. Okay. Yeah. So, so you went to architecture school and, and went through that whole process and sat with a bunch of 20 year olds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I should probably um, clarify a little bit. I did like a college route. So here in Ontario, mm -hmm. they've got um, like kind of typical architecture in university route and then a college route that leads you towards um, it's a BCIN number, it's called, which is a building code identification number. So I'm not a registered architect. Okay. Um, I'm kind of like the same thing, at, but I'm not allowed to build uh, um, churches and, and movie theaters and stuff like that. Right, so you took a different route and, and have a different certification. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. So that sounds like a pretty interesting process, certainly uh, unique for most architects. You know, um, yeah. And, and was there one specific goal that you had uh, that would be you know, separate from becoming an architect that you, that you sort of uh, tried to focus on and achieved? Can you tell us a little story about a goal that you've, you might have uh, accomplished? Uh, one one kind of cool thing we've done, um, you know, kind of as part of our professional work, but I was I was really excited about it as it was happening. Um, we did a project a number of years ago called the Bunky, and and it was kind of as as small space architecture was kind of um, kind of you know people were talking about it more and more, and and I had this design for this kind of cool little like um, silhouette of a house that would kind of sit on a landscape and almost be. Um, like it would almost be erased in the landscape kind of thing um, with, with just this outline. Um, but it was a really cool project. I wanted to do something that kind of felt like that it was just kind of connected in with the design community that wasn't necessarily a house, but it, it felt more um, kind of maybe more like furniture design. And and I connected up with a guy who who does furniture design. And he's, he was like, you know, we could build this this thing like you're talking about the same way that I build chairs or sofas, um, you know, doing like a CNC um you know, plywood frame. And so we kind of almost changed the, the typology of, you know, how this thing was going to be built. And, um, and it was kind of, a, a, it, it was, it was just a really fun project because it, it, um, you know, throughout my whole life, every time I came up with an idea, uh, you know, along the lines of entrepreneurship, I'd be like, Hey, we could like do this thing. And people would be like, you're an idiot. That's so dumb. <laughs> um, but you know, that kind of, well, we've got this show called Dragon's Den. It, it would be like Shark Tank down in the States. In yeah. fact, I think it was a precursor to Shark Tank. And I was always had these ideas. This could be, you know, this could make a billion dollars. And everybody always was like, that's stupid. That'll, it's, <laughs> and, and when I did the bunkie, it was like the flip. Everybody was like, this is, this is amazing. And I didn't think it was any better than any of my other ideas. But once I kind of teamed up with somebody who really knew what they were doing, it felt like the story of what we were doing was was very um, fluent through the whole thing from, you know, from from the from the 
big picture down through the whole construction and through the detailing and everything all the way through felt like a very cohesive um, design we were doing. So that, that, that might be one of my um, one of one of the things we've done that I was yeah uh, fairly proud of. Uh, a pure entrepreneur. <laughs> all those ideas and people telling you you're crazy. That's every entrepreneur who, who, you know, who has ever succeeded. You know, that that's, yeah. you know, imagine, imagine Uber and them telling you that, you know, what Uber is going to be in 10 years when they first came up with that idea. Um, you know, we're all, we're all told we're nuts. Um, you have a very unique, uh, design style. I've reviewed your, your website and looked at your, your projects. Um, I, I don't think I ever, saw anything like it it's 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 a very unique interesting oh, interesting style um it's modern certainly modern but uh not the typical modern that you see in all the magazines and it's uh, it's very good and it's very interesting so is is so is that project that you're just describing is is that in that same aesthetic uh it would be a little bit different uh, and it wouldn't um you know, I think anybody that would see it would be like, oh, that's a that's a cool thing. But, you know, five or six years ago when we were kind of coming up with it, it, it maybe um, it maybe felt a little bit more uh, design forward than, than it might now. Um, it probably had, um, you know, a bit of um, a bit of Zaha Hadid kind of in it a little bit. And, and uh, Todd Saunders maybe, you know, feeling vibe of, of it in, into it a bit. Um, but, yeah, kind of uh, I appreciate you saying that about our work. We. Um, here, here in the city, there's a lot of what people would say modern, but it, it always kind of feels like it's just like, well, they took the same kind of neoclassical thing they were going to do and they made it a flat roof and covered it in stucco and then called it modern. We're like, yeah, I mean, I think design can be better than that, you know? Yeah. So we're, yeah, we're, we're trying to do, we're trying to do good work in every project yep. as much as we're allowed. What's your website URL so people can go check it out? So we're bldgworkshop.ca. Okay. Um, not to be confused with there's a buildingworkshop.com in the States and, uh, and yeah, that, that guy didn't want to give me his URL. <laughs> nice guy though. Yeah. So go check that out. Um, BLDG, um, workshop.ca. So go check, check that out. It's very, very interesting work. So what about a struggle? What about the, the other end of the, the, uh, pendulum? Have you gone through some, I mean, we all go through struggle. So, so share a story about a struggle you've, you've, uh, gone through. Yeah, well, it's probably actually um, somewhat related to our Bunky project, but certainly in a similar time frame. Uh, time frame, um, we were doing really well with the company, like maybe three years ago or something. We're still we're still a young firm. We're only about six years old, um, but things had been been rolling really nicely for us. And then uh, we did get you know we did spend a lot of time trying to push the Bunky forward, and, and we still do. Um, but all of a sudden, it felt like. Um, projects just weren't coming in and, and we hadn't had a problem with that before. And all of a sudden it was like the, the tap turned off and they just weren't. Um, so, so I got to a spot where, where, you know, just financially there wasn't enough work coming in. There wasn't enough, um, payment coming in that, that things were just looking really, really bleak. Um, I needed to, at that point, uh, one of the, one of my partners in the bunkie who was an employee in, in, um, in building workshop, uh, he just kind of slowly made his way off to, to, to do some other stuff. And then I had another full-time staff who, uh, I ended up having to, um, lay her off. Just, there was just no work coming in and it, and it wasn't market driven or, 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 you know, it, it wasn't something to do with, with the way, um, 
with the way the economy was, it was just, I guess I hadn't done well enough at continuing to, to push my name out there. And I'd somehow kind of been, been left behind as far as where people were looking when they were looking for somebody to do their home. Um, so, I mean, that was, that was definitely a struggle and, and we've, we've, uh, it feels like at this point we've worked through that or worked through most of that. Uh, and I mentioned to you, uh, you know, in, in a couple spots that, uh, that Entree Architect was, was a massive piece of, of turning that around. So again, thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. I, I appreciate you saying that and I'm, and I'm glad we're there, you know, cause that's, that's, that's why we're there. You know, there's, there are a few sources uh, that are doing what we're doing and there are a lot more now, but, but when I started, there were almost none. Um, I started yeah. in 2007, relaunched it in 2012. And, uh, and so I'm glad, I'm glad that, that we're making a difference and I'm glad that uh, we can help you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was going to say something there about, about just, you know, how, how you'd helped. Um, you know, there, it was just one, one article specifically that I kind of keep coming back to. And it was basically talking about cash flow and, you know, here's, here's what your, um, here's what it's going to cost to run your firm, which isn't anything like how much it, it, it would seem in, in your head like it should cost. Like it, you, you feel like if I could make, you know, a bit of profit on top of, you know, the, the money that's going out, we should be cool. And, and, um, yeah, when I actually kind of worked through the numbers, uh, it was like, shoot, I need to bring in a lot more work if I'm not going to have to shutter this thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard. It's, uh, being an architect is not easy and, and being in business is not easy. And so, uh, if, if we just focus on the, the things that are fun, we, we tend to slip and then, uh, we find right. ourselves. They don't... Go ahead. Yeah, they don't teach you those things in school, right? I mean, right. I'm sure we had a business course that said, here's how you put a business plan together. But like, um, yeah, you know, we all get taught to be Frank Lloyd Wright. And in the end, it's like, oh, you've actually got to like be kind to people and um, and and know how to bill and stuff like that. <laughs> right. Let's take a quick break to say thank you to our platform sponsors here at Entree Architect, FreshBooks, BQE Software, and RCAT. 192 hours. That works out to about two business days every month. And when you're a small firm architect using FreshBooks cloud accounting software, that's the amount of administration time that you can save this year. That's time that you can spend doing the things you love, like being an architect. FreshBooks makes it simple to send invoices, post your expenses automatically, track time for your whole team, buy project, and get organized with reports, communication, and notifications. Sign up for a free 30-day unrestricted trial and get ready for the simplest way to be more productive, organized, and most importantly, my favorite, get paid faster. Visit entrearchitect.com freshbooks to access FreshBooks for free and be sure to enter Entree Architect in that How Did You Hear About Us section. One of the most often requested resources here at Entree Architect Community is project management software. I hear it all the time. How do we keep our projects and our people organized while we grow as entrepreneur architects? This podcast is sponsored by AIA Advantage Partners BQE Software. They are the makers of ArchiOffice. ArchiOffice is the only time tracking, billing, and project management software made by architects 
for architects. It empowers you to easily and quickly understand everything about your projects, your staff, and finances all in one place, wherever you are. And listeners here at Entree Architect Podcast can get a free 15-day trial of ArchiOffice at entrearchitect.com slash BQE. That's entrearchitect.com slash BQE. If you've been listening to this podcast anytime during the last few months, you've heard me talking about RCAT. And hopefully you're already using their free resources on a regular basis. But for those of you who have maybe not checked them out yet, RCAT's a great tool for small firm architects like you. RCAT has huge libraries of free content, CAD, BIM, specifications, and more. And they've done all the work for you. You need a spec? Click on over and download the CSI three-part specification in multiple formats, all for free. How about a CAD detail or BIM objects? All free at the click of a mouse. RCAT has tons of building product content ready for you to use, and it's all completely free. And you don't have to register to download any of it. And they've recently launched something new that I want you to go check out. It's called Charette. Create a project, assign tasks, share and collaborate with colleagues and clients in real time. Pull content from the RCAT database, all that free stuff I'm talking about, you can pull it there and throw it into Charette. Anywhere on the web, found something out on the web, pull it in, put it into Charette. It all keeps it organized in one place and you can collaborate with your clients and your colleagues. And this is free too. So visit them at entrearchitect.com slash RCAT, that's A-R-C-A-T, entrearchitect.com slash RCAT, and click on the charrette icon right there on the homepage to learn more. FreshBooks, BQE Software, and RCAT. Please visit our platform sponsors today and thank them for supporting you, the Entre Architect community. How about a ha- aha moment? Was there a, a moment in time that sort of something clicked and, and the, the, the clouds parted and things got a little bit uh, more clear for you? Yeah, there was like um, just a, about, you know, just a little over a year ago, there was an aha moment where um, I'm sure most people listening are, are familiar with hows. Um, yeah. So we had an aha day where all of a sudden I looked at, at our, at our, um, basically just our placing on on where um where different architects and building designers are are kind of listed and um so the aha moment i'm referring to is is when one day i opened up and we were number one and i was like what we're number one it's amazing but um so that was and i expected that was just a a glitch and that and that it would kind of turn around which hasn't happened thankfully um but the i mean that was that was the um that was the day of, of fruition, I guess, but, but we'd kind of started on that probably a year before that. And I was literally every day pushing at our metrics and pushing at our, at our, um, you know, just all, all the different things that they use to, um, to, to rate you. And, and it's a silly rating, right? Like I'm, you know, I'm number one on this list of, of, of designers, you know, among like Shim Sutcliffe and Ian McDonald and guys that I like worship, um, <laughs> And, and this silly, like, 
um, advanced metrics has me placed in front of them when, you know, typical Joe homeowner says, hey, who should I use for an architect? Um, but yeah, so we pushed at that on a daily basis and, and a lot of time went into that. And then, uh, yeah, at a certain point, it, uh, it, it came to fruition. So that was really, really, really awesome for us. Yeah. And, you know, and you say it's silly, but it's not silly. You know, you, the reason you rank higher than them is that you put in the work. You put in the effort, you focused on it, you knew that there was a way to get to the top and, and they didn't do that and, and, you, uh, and you saw success in that. So that's, that's a great lesson for people out there listening that there are people with bigger names doing things that, you know, that are getting published and people talk about, uh, but there are ways to compete with firms at, at, at every angle. Yep, yeah, that would be um, one thing we learned through that. <laughs> so, uh, what makes your firm unique? I talked about the design and, and the aesthetic of what you do. Is there something specific that makes unique you makes you unique or your firm a little different than everybody else? Um, it's it's probably kind of cliche, but I just always feel like, you know, like people talk about you got to work hard and you got to work smarter. Um, we just smile a lot, uh, like when we're in client meetings and stuff. I just I like I like um, feeling, and, and I think it just comes through. I, I think people kind of feel like. Um, this guy is pretty chilled out and pretty relaxed and I think we're going to enjoy the process. And, and that probably does turn some clients or potential clients away. They quite likely feel like they need somebody who feels a little bit more pedantic or, or, or I'm not exactly sure what. But um, uh, the other thing, you know, um, and this isn't by design, but it feels like everybody that ends up working with us are, um, you know, makers or, or we do like some kind of you know, on our own design, build, construction, um, whether it's furniture, whether it's um, every, everybody that works with us always feels like they like doing stuff with their hands besides just clicking away on AutoCAD. Yeah, you, you say that that uh, that you're a nice guy, that that's a that's a uh, unique piece about you. And I agree with you that there, there is an ROI on that. There is a return on investment on being nice. I have that same thing. I, and I felt, I also feel the same thing that you, I've had clients tell me that I'm not aggressive enough, that I need to be more aggressive and I need to not be so nice. I've had clients specifically tell me that, you know, looking out for my own good, good, uh, you know, good fortune, but, uh, it's who I am and it's who I'm going to be. And, uh, and I, and I, I will guarantee you that I've gotten more work, uh, and more referrals because I am a nice person and I go out of my way to be polite and respectful. Uh, than if I was the other way around. It sounds obvious, right? But um, but yeah, then then the follow through on it is is uh, <laughs> is is your life's work, right? Yeah, exactly right. So uh, so let's get into uh, some quick questions here. These should uh, should roll through yeah. pretty quickly. So, at what age did you decide to become an architect? Yeah, it was probably 28, 29 years old. It was uh, a little bit later than, than most people that, uh, that do it, I think. Yeah, I'd say that's probably the latest that I've had so far with this. this I've had 10 or 12 people on now, uh, and that's, that's the, the latest. Um, what's your target market? Is it, is it just residential, or do you do something specific? We do, we do a little bit of commercial stuff. We just did a, a really fun kind of interior office space for, for a friend, um, uh, I'll, I'll do a plug. His name's Earthscape, uh, or their their company, and they're doing um, they're doing like um, dangerous playgrounds, kind of all over the states. Even though they're based here in Canada, um, they're 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 pretty cool. So we've we've just done their office, but yeah, almost almost exclusively, we're doing houses for for people, whether it's renovations, additions, and and then some new builds, obviously. What is a dangerous playground? 
basically um, the this guy he's 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 kind of the same as me he he um he started out in life as an engineer and then basically said i want to enjoy my life more than i'm enjoying it so he started a landscape company and he just hires kids straight out of out of uh at a landscape university and um and they all come with this philosophy of we've been um we've been we've been we've been teaching children how to be safe and just trying to to keep them safe all this time let's build uh Let's build playgrounds where they're just as likely to break their arm as they are to um, <laughs> as they are to, to to live in a bubble, and um, and then yeah, the idea is that kids are gonna grow up better. I, I don't know. It's uh, it's all based on philosophy, but certainly the stuff like the the work that's coming out of the philosophy is, is pretty spectacular. Yeah, I mean you definitely create character through challenge, so it's uh, it's an interesting concept. I'm gonna look that up. I've never heard anybody talk about that before. Um, I don't think they're actually going out of their way to break kids' arms, but yeah, uh, no, of course just not. Trying to do but I, I understand the philosophy, and and uh, I tend to agree with it. So, not that I want kids to break their arms, but uh, I think there's there's right. something to say about you know uh, letting your child be challenged here and there. Uh, how about your fee? Stipulated sum, hourly, or percentage based fee? Yeah, you know what we do. Um, I, I don't think this will be typical. But we just charge an hourly rate. So we just go in and tell clients we're just going to charge hourly across the board. Um, every hour we work, we're going to charge you for that hour. Um, and then we get kind of a glazed over look and we say, okay, well, we'll probably like to the point we have a permit in hand, we'll probably be, you know, a, you know, whatever percentage of what your construction is going to be. But um, and, and we'll usually find that, you know, we've done it long enough. We've done enough projects of whatever scale that that usually our hourly rate will work out to, you know, a certain amount of the budget. Uh, other than architecture, what makes you happy? Any hobbies or passions? I'm kind of at the stage of life where it's just like any any moment I'm not at work, I'm doing kid stuff. We've got three little boys, so so um, that makes me massively happy. But when I'm not with them, then it's mostly just like complaining about kids or like <laughs> sharing notes about you know getting thrown up on or whatever. So yeah, complaining about kids, I would say is my, is my hobby. That's become a common theme as well with entrepreneur architects that we're either working or we're hanging out with our family and there's very little in between. Right. Uh, what's the best advice you ever received? Um, okay. So, so this will like, I mean, I imagine most people that are listening would, will have, will have gone through this all as well. But uh, when things were really bad for my company, um, I read the, the book, the e-myth, um, and he does the whole like work on your business rather than in your business, right? Which again sounds obvious, but um, he kept going back to like a McDonald's. Um, uh, what am I? An example of how great McDonald's was, and you know, any of us who have ever done anything from a design standpoint, you're like, that's exactly opposite to anything you're, you know, I would ever want. Um, and, but but he kind of kept back coming back to like think of all like the the love and the care and the um, elegance you try to put into your design work and he's saying do that you know push the same level of of care and elegance at working on your business um, and even though the example was so exactly opposite something about that felt correct to me yeah yeah because I mean he's he's using McDonald's as an example of of a system that works. And we may not right. necessarily agree with the result of that system, but we can't deny that the system works at McDonald's. And so that's that's really the message that he's trying to get by with uh, with using McDonald's as an example. It's uh, and certainly one of my favorite books. So I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. 
Yeah, yeah. So, so again, just the idea that um, you know this this um, intense desire to do really, really good design work. You're applying that now to a business as opposed to a house or yeah. you know a, a structure of some kind. Yeah, design design your business. Um, yeah, something like that. How about a uh, personal habit or a daily routine? I touched on it already, but just smiling a lot, um, uh, working hard and smiling. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, recommended app or an internet resource? Uh, I'm a pretty big fan of House. Um, it's it's uh, as it's grown. I've been I've been involved with it for for quite a few years, um, but but as yeah, and actually I used to kind of dislike it. It, it felt. And it's maybe in, in its first couple of years of going, it kind of felt like it was more of a of a weird kind of tire kickers type of market. Um, but as it's grown, it feels like it feels like it's uh, kind of the go to place for people that that want to uh, do the type of work that we're interested in doing. Do you see a lot of a lot of results through House? Are you getting a lot of calls? Can you can you have can you specifically say this project came from House? Yeah, absolutely. I'd say. Um, I haven't done this within the past couple of weeks, but maybe a month and a half ago, I looked through our projects and say if we had 20 on the board, um, probably 60% were, were direct house uh, um, pickups. Wow, very good, very good. So uh, you should go check out Nathan's uh, house account as well <laughs> and uh, go see how it's set up and, and uh, the, the way it's uh, working. Uh, Actually, you know, I, I I spent some time on that. If I can throw yeah, this, yeah, out go ahead, and you can edit it out if it's not cool. But no, it's definitely um, cool. I, that's that's what this is all about. I spent, yeah, yeah, I spent enough time at it and kind of worked through things enough with them. I thought, you know, if if people wanted to um, use me as a resource, I'd probably need to figure out a way to to monetize it. But I mean, if people wanted to connect with me and say, hey, how can I, you know, spend some time doing what you did? Uh, I could, I could, um, I could talk to people about that. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Is there a way that people can connect with you to do that? If somebody wants to sort of hire you as a coach to put together a house pro profile, how do, how do they connect with you? Yeah, well, my phone number is on, on my house account or my website is connected there. Um, the email that's at, at, at the website gets to me. Okay, great, great. We'll have all those links in the show notes. This is episode 178. So people can go to entrearchitect.com slash episode 178. Uh, and we'll have links to the house account and your website. How about a book? We talked a little bit about the e-myth. Is, uh, is that the, your recommended book or do you have a different recommended book? Uh, I mean, that was the one I jotted down saying, hey, this has kind of yeah. changed things for me. Um, less than a book, just that article I mentioned from Entree Architect really changed things for me. Um, I mentioned before I do, you know, I've been involved in like lots of like uh, church ministry stuff. So I know this guy who wrote a book called... Um, uh, anointed for business. That's probably not most people's cup of tea, but it's basically saying, "Hey, you can approach your, um, you can approach your your daily life like as as as, as a ministry." Um, so if yeah, if people are interested in in that side of things, they could look that up as well. Yeah, I'm going to look that up because I am interested in those kind of things. <laughs> okay. Um, so let's get to this question. What's one thing that an entrepreneur architect can do today to build a better business for tomorrow? Yeah, uh, I, I think it probably relates to to what I was talking about before with with my um, w when I was going through my struggles and I was talking to a contractor just the other day. He's like, you know, Nathan, like you get all these jobs and you got to work in these jobs and got to 
you know, you got to do good work on these jobs and you finish those jobs and you find, Hey, there's no more jobs. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I spend most of my time now, um, working on, on upcoming projects more than working on the actual projects. So uh, a parting piece of guidance and then we'll wrap up with some contact information. Uh, try to be kind to people, try and do as good a work as you can. Um, what we've been finding just over the past little while, if you can work with graphic designers, it feels like they always want to do good work and be kind to people too. And so then if, uh, if you become, if they become your client, they kind of feel your pain about not being able to do as good a work as you could do. And so then they give you freedom to keep doing better and better work. So we've got, uh, probably three projects I can think of off the top of my off the top of my head that, that have been with graphic designers, each one where they're kind of pushing us to do better work than we would have otherwise done. So that's a, interesting. That's a big bonus. Yeah. So that's yeah. a target market. So if you, if you like working with yeah, you know, graphic designers and, and they do let you do great work and they're good clients, that's a market you want to target. Uh, so what's the best way we talk and then about they pay you too. <laughs> even, even better. So the, the best way to connect with you, we've yeah. talked about is the website, right? So BLDG, uh, workshop.ca. Uh, is there anything else that you want to say before we wrap up? Um, and then on my house house page too, that's uh, that's probably even more updated than my building workshop. Um, but yeah, um, just again, appreciate so much the opportunity to chat with you, Mark, uh, and appreciate so much the work that you do and and how it's literally like helped my firm like uh, very integrally. Um, how you've helped my firm not die. <laughs> well. I, I appreciate that. I'm glad that we're here. I'm glad that I could uh, be of service. And thanks for, for sharing that. And thank you for being here and sharing your story at Entree Architect Podcast. Appreciate it a lot. Hey, if you liked what we did here today at Entree Architect Podcast, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. Two things. One, share this episode with a friend. The, the link is entrearchitect.com slash episode 178. It's the 178th episode of Entree, uh, Entree Architect Podcast. So go share that. Think about somebody that might benefit from what Nathan shared here today and send them a link to entrearchitect.com slash episode 178. Number two, I haven't asked for this in a very long time. I don't even remember the last time I asked for it, but I would love a review and a rating. Um, if you're listening to this on iTunes, you can go to entrearchitect.com slash iTunes. That's a direct link to the uh, iTunes store where you can send uh, a rating and a review. And just let me know what you think of the show. Let me let other um, entrepreneur architects uh, hear about what we're doing here at Entre Architect Podcast. Tap one of the stars. I'm not looking for five stars unless you think I'm, I'm, I'm earning five stars. I would love five stars. Uh, but I would also love a review. I'd really like to, I love reading the reviews. I love understanding what the Entree Architect community likes and what they don't like, because that's the only way I get feedback for this stuff. And I don't really know uh, how to make it better unless I get some feedback from you. So go to entrearchitect.com slash iTunes, leave a rating and a review, uh, and anywhere else that you might uh, be listening to this, do that there as well. Before you head off the, the internet, when you're doing all those reviews and all that sharing, uh, then click over to entrearchitect.com uh, and check out what we're doing. Check out Entrepreneur Architect and Entree Architect Academy. It's a private online membership program that we built for you. 
the small firm architect. It is a custom community that has uh, community, it has training, it has resources, it has everything you need to succeed as a small firm architect. You can build a better business. Go visit entrearchitect.com and check out what we're doing. My name is Mark Arlapage and I am an entrepreneur architect and I encourage you to go build a better business. It's the only way so you can be a better architect. Love, learn, and share what you know. Go do it. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this. I'm looking for projects. You got anything? Yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, we'll buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders, Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that <laughs> then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it guys. Oh my One that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity, where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast, it's a community where dreams meet action. There is a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was, it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts 
to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is going to be a priority. When the job is done, we're going to actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. <laughs> and so for me, the, the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like that would be 60% of it, if not more. Gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.